Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Bess in my closet from North Carolina. Hey, this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Hey, Miss Vaccination. Uh, yeah, back at you. <laughs> Finally. Cheers, cheers. Fully vaxxed. <laughs> Fully vaxxed? Is that, the- is that a hashtag? Mm-hmm. Ooh, you should make <laughs> that a hashtag. Fully made vaxxed. It <laughs> I don't know how to spell it, but... Well, clearly it would be V-A-X-E-D. Obviously. That's how the kids are doing it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I um, am glad that we are starting to kind of turn a corner. I think so. <laughs> I think yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to say that my story today takes us back words into Before the original corner <laughs> backwards go back mm-hmm. the corner to nashville tennessee 2019 girls trip right yeah. well we we both of us have been to nashville several times yeah well with several people <laughs> right yes i've been a couple times it is five hours from here it's a five-hour drive. Oh, I didn't know that, I don't think. So quick. 45-minute plane ride. Yeah, it's a quick plane ride from here, too, but it's a long drive. Yeah, which when we realized how close it was after we had gone the first time, we were like, oh, my gosh, that's totally going to be our weekend spot. Like, if we just want to go somewhere, we're just going to go. Like, yes. We can leave at 7 a.m. and be there by noon. Like Nashville is go. life. It is my, it's true, like, no joke. It is one of my favorite places ever. Yes, I will. Because there's will just music everywhere, everywhere. There's so, there's, like, good music and good food and, like, cowboy boots. And <laughs> I just love it. Yes, I got my first pair of cowboy boots. You oh, did. my gosh. The boot we also, barn. <laughs> well, yeah. I got those on a separate trip, though, but I, and I wore them during that trip. However, do you remember, Kelly hmm, was buying or was looking to buy a pair. And I remember being in the boot barn, or maybe it was a different store because we went into multiple boot places. But I have this vivid picture of you trying to pull a boot off of her like, oh yeah, literally. <laughs> she's like bent over, and you're like trying to pull it off of yeah. her with all of your might. <laughs> I got it too. <laughs> it was just like a short boot too. It wasn't even a big one, wasn't it? Because she was no, looking I for like shorter boots. Boot. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. look, trying on cowboy boots is not for the weary. So no. gear up. Nashville is amazing. Go see it. Tell them we sent you. <laughs> Just walk in everywhere and be like, Crimes and Closets. Beth and Christy from Crimes and Closets sent us. Oh, good. We have the best time in Nashville. I keep debating because I'm going to be 40 this year. (gasps) I know. And so I keep debating, like, do I want to go to Nashville? I kind of do. Do I? I mean, I can't tell you what to do on your 30th birthday. You're like, I'm gonna, I want to drive 45 minutes. You definitely want to go to no, not drive 45 minutes. It's five hours to drive. No, okay, I, no. Well, whatever. I'm not saying it for that reason. It's fun. It's just a fun place to it's go. It's so fun. Yes. Okay. We're gonna go to Nashville for my 40th birthday. Who's in? Okay. 
<laughs> Don't say when it is. <laughs> October. <There> you know. <laughs> Come buy me a drink. Okay. Maybe we should do like a meet and greet there. <laughs> oh my gosh. In Nashville? That's low key. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Who's coming? Yeah, seriously, stay tuned. You never know. Yeah. Anyway, rain it in. All right. My story is in. in Nashville. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the story of Martha and Jeff Freeman. Got it. Freeman. Okay. So I'm going to start with Martha. Martha Ann Cockhill was born in January of 1964 in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Mm, Okay. Okay. I don't know where that is, but. I've seen it. Passed through. (laughs) Oh, I think it's a small town. Mm Mm-hmm. Small town, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. So in 1993, Martha moves to Nashville, Tennessee. Whoop, whoop. And she begins working in sales at a local newspaper. And she was doing very well. She didn't go there to be a singer? I don't think so. I don't know. Actually, no, I don't think so. So a few months after she moved to Nashville in like later in 1993, she meets a man by the name of Jeffrey Freeman. So Jeffrey Allen Freeman, who goes by Jeff, was born in September 1960 in Bristol, Tennessee, and he ran a successful trucking company in Nashville. And this trucking company was also doing extremely well. And Martha actually was selling him some ads for his trucking company in Mm. like for the paper that she was working Mm -hmm. for. Right. So that's how they met. So the two of them were instantly attracted to each other and began dating. So these two very successful, well-off youngins met and had a whirlwind and fast courtship. And in March of 1994, just a few months after they met, they got married at the courthouse in Nashville In cowboy boots with Carrie Underwood playing in the background. I don't know that that's true. That's just how it goes in my head. (laughs) Literally, it's just a Nashville wedding. Because we went to a Carrie Underwood concert when we went there. (laughs) I feel like that's just what happens in Nashville. But, you know. Okay. Carrie Underwood was like probably one. (laughs) Maybe. When they got married. Okay. So a couple weeks after the couple got married... Remember, they're very successful business people in Nashville. So they bought a home in a very nice area right outside of Nashville called Brentwood. Have mm, you heard of Brentwood? Yes, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is one of the wealthiest cities in the country. Okay. And it is home to some, I mean, Nashville's money for sure, but also like just some big money. And there's celebrities that live there like Keith Urban. There's several NFL players and hockey players that live in Brentwood. And also my girls, Dolly Parton and Taylor Swift live in the Brentwood. So they bought a house there. So you get Mm -hmm. the point, right? They're doing very well. And they were described as a model, self-made couple who were very happy together if I could say that Dolly Parton was my neighbor, like, girl, my pants would be way too big. <laughs> be way too big for my pants. So a few years into their marriage, Martha opened up her own business called Resifax. So she quit her job at the paper and started her own company. 
And this was a company that provided background checks, credit history evaluations, Mm -hmm. and verified renting histories for like businesses and landlords and things like that. And she got her private investigator's license as well. So she would work for like apartment complexes and like certain businesses if they were trying to verify employment and credit histories and things like that. Fun fact, I have my private investigation license. Shut up. Yes, I do. In a former life, I did that sort of for a living in a way. And I've well, kept I up with my license, so I still have it. So Did before, but I don't think I ever knew you actually had a private investigator license. Yeah. Like, why did I not know this? I do. So if you see me spying on you for my shrubs, don't be alarmed. I'm a professional. I would keep up a license like that, too. How can I get that? Is that easy? No. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So this company that Martha opened quickly expanded, and eventually Jeff actually ended up leaving his trunking company business and selling it and joined the Resifax team and started working with Martha. So it kind of became like a family business. Now, Martha actually began having some mental health issues. So she started suffering from depression, like episodes, and began withdrawing from her friends and her family and really began withdrawing from the business. So Jeff had to step in and was running the business, basically, Mm -hmm. for himself Mm -hmm. and Martha. Martha sought treatment for her mental health issues. So good for her. And in 2004, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and was prescribed a treatment plan and medication that she really committed to. So she was very interested in helping herself and doing what was necessary to make herself well. But not long after Martha's mother actually passed away and this caused Martha to spiral into a depression and isolation episode and Martha and Jeff really started growing apart. Oh, no. So Martha just was, I mean, she was just suffering from mental illness, and she just couldn't invest in their relationship. Jeff was very worried about her, but still committed to her and committed to their marriage and wanted to do everything that he can to help her. So on July 4th of 2008, Jeff tried to get Martha out of the house. So he rented a hotel room in Nashville. For the night, which was, again, 4th of July. So there's a big celebration. This is Music City, USA. So they have music mm-hmm. festivals and fireworks and just live music everywhere, all the things. And so he took her into the city to just have a night out together. So as the night progressed, the two of them, I mean, they just weren't getting along. And Jeff started getting really tired. And he decided decided that he didn't want to stay downtown in Nashville and he wanted to go home but Martha was having a great time and she ended up staying so she decided she was going to stay in the hotel room that they had rented that night and so Jeff left he went home to their home in Brentwood and Martha stayed and she stayed in the hotel room and that night but this night ended up being a turning point for the couple so they really started to grow apart they were just arguing a lot Martha was having such a hard time And just a couple weeks after that, Martha ended up moving out of their home and moving into an extended stay hotel. And 
just kind of isolating herself there. Mm. So Jeff was running the business and was still providing everything that needed to be provided for their home and for Martha. And he was supporting her financially through running the business. And he really just, friends just said that he was 100% behind her. He thought that they were just on a break. This would be good for her mental health. They would get back together at some point. It was just a timeout. It was just something she needed to get away to make herself well, and they would come back together. So they were just on a break. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Just like Ross we and Rachel. We were on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> exactly. Read this 18-page like- letter, and then uh, we'll get back together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no letter. But just like Ross and Rachel, when they were on a break, she started seeing somebody else. (laughs) Mm, mm, Okay. So it's reported by Martha's co-workers that there was actually a man living with Martha in the hotel room. Can I ask a question? I'm sorry. Maybe you said this. Was she under the impression that they were just on a break? I mean, it's unclear at that time. I think that she just... They were separated. Okay. They were separated. She left. She just couldn't be in the marriage. There was nothing she could give at that time. And yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure she thinks they were on a break for sure because she starts seeing another man. Well, but I'm saying in her eyes, were were they going down the path of getting back together at some point? We're just taking a break like he, because he seemed to be into that impression. That is unclear. Okay. At this time. So, um... So there's a man living with Martha in the hotel room. Now, this man was reported to be a Hispanic man that Martha called Christian. Okay. Christian spoke no English, and Martha spoke no Spanish. So they did not speak the same language. I guess they spoke the same language of love, Mm -hmm. and that's all they needed. So that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So in January of 2005, which is six months after Martha moved out, Jeff caught wind that Martha had had somebody else staying with her in the hotel room that he's paying for. And oh. he goes there to con- like just talk to her. And he actually says, Martha, I love you. I want you to come home. Oh, my gosh. I want you to stop seeing this man and I want you to come home and I want to work on our marriage and work on our relationship. I love you. Please come back to me. And she does. Oh, she breaks up with Christian and moves back home and the couple are living together and they're working on their marriage, but they did remain living in separate bedrooms while they were working to repair their 10 year marriage. Okay. And I'll tell you how that reparation goes right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Hey guys, believe it or not, we don't always just hide in our closets to talk true crime. Sometimes we eat cookies or drink, or we hide in our closets to play our favorite mobile puzzle game, Best Fiends. I'm actually new to Best Fiends. I'm on level 40 and I have a long way to go, but I'm not worried because there are thousands of new levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. 
I love to play Best Fiends in the morning while I have my cup of tea and have found that it's a perfect way to start a busy day ahead and a break from researching murder. And I agree with you, Beth. I also play in the mornings and I play so consistently that my phone alerts me. Based on time and location, open Best Fiends and text Beth. And that location is my bathroom. You heard that right. My bathroom, guys. I'm on level 253, and my favorite part of the game are all of the different challenges that they have and some of the skits that the characters do within those challenges. I love the way they talk. It's so cute. And my favorite fiend is Howie. He looks like a cute little lizard wizard. They really did a great job creating a colorful world of puzzles. So join us and millions of people who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Okay, so on April 11th, 2005, Martha goes goes to her neighbor's house and she knocks on the door. So Dolly's door. I'm just kidding. It's not her neighbor. Her name was like Ray Bean, but. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Same. And this is around 4 p.m. She tells her neighbor that a man has killed her husband. Oh. She isn't making a lot of sense, but it seemed like that a man had broken into their home and killed Jeff. Okay. So the neighbor calls 911 and the police come and they end up calling the SWAT team because they are worried that an intruder has come into the Freeman home and has killed Mr. Freeman and is still possibly in the home. Mm. So they secure the home, they go in and they find Jeff laying face down in the upstairs master bathroom dead. There was no one else in the house. Jeff had a black plastic trash bag around his face, and his body was zipped up in his sleeping bag. What? He was soaking wet, and it appeared that he had been in the bathtub at some point. He had been beaten very badly on his body and face and head. He had ligature marks around his wrists, which indicated that he had been restrained or bound at some point. And he had a ligature mark around his neck, which indicated that he had been strangled. Mm. So the medical examiner later concluded that the cause of death was strangulation and that Jeff had actually been dead for over 12 hours. Oh. Before the body was found. So what took you so long to go to the neighbor's house? Exactly. Jolene's house. <laughs> Jolene. <laughs> Dolly. Taylor Swift. <laughs> so Jeff was pronounced dead. He was 44 years old. Very young man. Mm-hmm. So Martha describes the man who came into her house and killed her husband. And after interviewing the neighbors, they learned that that some of the neighbors and the people in the neighborhood had seen a man who matched that description run from the Freeman house into another nearby house that was under construction. So the police searched that house and they found a man hiding in the rafters. 
of the house. So it's <laughs> under construction. It's not built, but he's hiding in the rafters of this house. This man was identified as Rafael de Jesus Roja Perez. So he is a 35-year-old man from Mexico. With four names. Four names? <laughs> One, two, three, four, yes. Mm-hmm. Rafael spoke no English and was in the U.S. illegally and was working as a bricklayer in Nashville and was found in the rafters of a nearby home. No English. Is this like Christian? No English. Only Spanish. <laughs> Only Spanish. Hmm. So in the Freeman home, the investigators found no forced entry. They found nothing had been taken or damaged, and it was clear that the crime scene had been cleaned And they believed that Jeff's body had been put in the bathtub after his death, possibly to clean off, like, evidence. Hmm. They did find two garbage bags that had been left behind, and the garbage bags contained bloody towels, bloody and wet pillowcases, wet bath mats, and some cords that were believed to have been used to bind and possibly strangle Jeff. They also found this random beach towel that had been laid out neatly on the living room floor. So very out of ordinary. So you're talking mm. about a beach towel like you go to the beach and it's like this oversized beached towel slash mm-hmm. blanket type thing. And it was just randomly laid out in the middle of the living room. So they took I mean, that into evidence. Sunning themselves in the living room? I don't know. It was very random. So in the bedroom where Martha slept, so remember they slept in separate bedrooms. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. They found a bag. And in the bag, it contained women's lingerie, a book of sex positions. So like a Kama Sutra. Mm -hmm. And some nude photos of a man. Now, also in this bedroom, there was a closet And in the closet, which was about two feet by eight feet. So if you can picture that in your head, this is not a big closet. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is like, you know, two feet, that's not wide. And then eight feet long. Right. So there was that this closet was off the bedroom where Martha slept. And in that closet, the police found a foam mattress with pillows and bedding They found clothes, a radio, some food, a Game Boy, and some adult magazines, and a Spanish-to-English hands-held translating device. Was her dude sleeping in the closet? (laughs) I mean, was he? So... After some interviews, the police learned that the man who had been arrested as a suspect for Jeff's murder, so the man that was hiding in the nearby house in the rafters, was actually a friend of Martha's Mm -hmm. that she called Christian. Mm. She called Christian. Do we know why she called him Christian? I don't. And I think it's ridiculous. Okay. Because he had so many names to choose from. Right. That she could have said. One of them. <laughs> Rahael, De Jesus, De Jesus. <laughs> Roja Perez. Right. 
Like So police matched the DNA from the things in the closet and all throughout the home to Rahayo and AKA Martha's Christian. Uh, boyfriend Christian. <laughs> and there was no other fingerprints or DNA in the home. So they only found Jeff's, Martha's, and Rahel's. Hmm. So Martha then says that she did know this man. She called him Christian and that they were still seeing each other. And Jeff caught them. And in a fit of rage, they fought. Christian killed Jeff. And she just was distraught and hysterical. So investigators believe her because all of the evidence in the home seems to line up with Martha's story, right? That he was living in the home. They were still together. Jeff caught them. They fought. He called Jeff. So Rahael has a preliminary hearing. And this is what, and Martha testifies at the preliminary hearing. Do you know what a pre- preliminary hearing is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the hearing in which the state has to show evidence as to whether they have enough to charge a person with a crime. Mm-hmm. So they have Martha testify at this particular hearing in front of a judge. And this is what she says. Martha says that she met Rahael in Nashville on the 4th of July. Oh, on the the night away? (gasps) On the night away. She says that Jeff left and went home and she stayed in Nashville for the evening by herself. And she was drinking and partying on Broadway. Hmm. So, I know, we (laughs) love Broadway. So she met Christian slash Rahel and two of his friends. And the four of them went back to her hotel room and partied some more. And she admitted to having sex with all three men. Shut up. So it's Independence Day. Martha said that after that, her Her Independence Day, apparently, (laughs) apparently. So she said that after that, her and Rahel began a relationship which we know to be true because he was staying in the extended stay hotel with her whenever she was separated from Jeff. Now, because Rahael spoke only Spanish, the two of them would use an electronic handheld translation device to communicate. Wow. Super weird. Mm -hmm. She admits that when she moved back in with Jeff, that she did not move there alone, that Rahael had moved in with her as well. During the day, he would hang out with her and would roam around the house just as he pleased. And then when Jeff came home, he would go in the closet in Martha's bedroom, and that is where he would stay. But on the night of April 10th, 2005, Jeff had come home from work and came upstairs and heard Rahel's snoring coming from the closet (laughs) And found him in there. He he hadn't snored one other night. I don't <laughs> before April. No, apparently not. Apparently not. Funny. How big was this house in Brentwood? That's like, I mean, ten months. No, it was, I mean it was like a little bit over a month. 
Oh, that's okay. Yeah, they, she's he, been with him for that long, though. Oh, yes, that, she yes, met him on they had Fourth been of July, together, so. but he had. But so remember, she was staying in the hotel with him, and right, then right, right. Okay. she allegedly broke up with him and moved back in with Jeff. And so he had been living in the house for like a little bit over a month, and Jeff just had no idea. Can't even oh, imagine. So Jeff obviously is like, "Get out." <laughs> <laughs> Take your Game Boy and go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And or I'm gonna call the cops, right? Like get out of the house. And Rahael snapped and pulled a gun on Jeff and forced him into the master bathroom, shut the door, locked it. And Martha said that she was like locked outside and she heard thumping and yelling and water running, but there was nothing she could do. She couldn't get in the room. She was super scared. And she claims that she didn't call 911 because she was afraid. She was terrified of what Rahel was going to do to her. So she was like, he is killing my husband. What is he going to do to me? I'm so scared. So he kills him and she is just paralyzed by fear and in shock and just sits by her dead husband's body, just paralyzed. Oh, my gosh. Until the next day at 4 o'clock when she ends up going to her neighbor's house and reporting what happens. So, remember, she is testifying to this in the preliminary Mm -hmm. hearing for Rahel. So, the judge who is listening to this says in his best Nashville accent, I'm going to just stop you right there. (laughs) and I'm just going to paraphrase what he says because it is so funny but he basically says the story is really bizarre and I think you're lying and I think that you need an attorney right now because I'm about to charge you in this murder Uh I don't believe anything you're saying I don't think anybody else should believe what you're saying and you need to shush so Martha then pleads the fifth (laughs) And Martha and Rahael are both formally charged with the first-degree murder of Jeff. Oh, my God. Bonkers. What? Okay. So the two of them are tried together, which is so weird, I think. Well, yeah. It's very weird. And it actually adds a really interesting twist into the story because there's really three stories going on at this point. Mm -hmm. Rahael says that he's innocent. He had nothing to do with this murder and that Martha is a monster who killed her husband and is framing this like illegal immigrant for the murder. Martha's people are saying that Rahael killed Jeff on his own and that really Martha was also a victim that she was suffering from mental illness and she's on a lot of medication and that she's only guilty of adultery and being paralyzed by fear and waiting so long to call the cops, but that she's not guilty of murder. Rahel did everything. And the prosecution is saying that they are both responsible and that they killed Jeff together. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of where my head went. I didn't think... Either one of them were, like, separate. I figured she talked him into it or whatever. Like, 
you know, not that right. they're just both complicit. And anyway, yeah, I mean, you think they they were both, yes, involved. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So the only fingerprints that we have in the house, and the only DNA that we have in the house, are Jeff's, Martha's, and Rahael. Right. There's nobody else. So it's a pretty safe to say that nobody else was involved. Right. Because there's just nobody else's DNA or fingerprints in the home. Also, Jeff, at the time that he died, weighed 230 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not small. So if you're talking about somebody restraining, beating, killing, moving them, putting in them in the bathtub, taking them out of the bathtub, and then putting mm-hmm. them in a sleeping bag. Nobody can really do that by themselves. Why do they put them in a sleeping bag? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't okay. know. <laughs> I think maybe they were like trying to dispose of him and then like realize. Wrap him up in a rug. or Yes, whatever. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then realize like there's no way we're going to be able to get him out of here. And so ended up leaving him. I don't know. So also, he was restrained and strangled with a telephone cord, which ended up being found in a trash bag outside of the bathroom. So those things are not in your bathroom. You don't have a telephone cord in your bathroom. So if he was strangled with a telephone cord, they could not, him and Rahael could not have been locked in the bathroom Mm -hmm. by themselves with Martha Mm -hmm. being able to not get access to them. He would have had to have come out of the bathroom, right? Right. Yeah, this wasn't like all of a sudden he snapped. Exactly. You have to take that telephone cord out of the wall. I would. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Or the phone. Right. It's not in your bathroom. Like it's not just something that you have by your toilet. Just like hanging, you know, for Mm -hmm. emergency strangulation purposes. So to further prove Martha's involvement... Police learned that the night Jeff was killed, Martha actually ended up calling Jeff's parents and told them that he wasn't feeling well and that she had just given him some medicine and put him to bed. So if you call him, he's not going to be available, Mom. Mm -hmm. She also ended up calling work, so their company that they own together, Mm -hmm. and told them that Jeff was sick and he would not be into work. Also, the following day, she walked the dog a couple times. She ran a quick errand to Walgreens. So she was kind of out and about. So she's claiming that she was sitting by her dead husband's body in shock and fear. All that was before she reported it. She was not. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's laying dead in her bathroom and she's walking the dog and going to Walgreens. Okay, whatever. So the grossest thing, probably, that I learned. Remember that random beach towel that the investigators found spread out on Mm -hmm. the floor? So they found Martha's DNA and Rahel's semen on it. Indicating that the couple had had sex while Jeff was laying dead. Oh, my gosh. Celebrating? I can't. I can't. Mind mind is blown. (laughs) So. 
And did, they felt like they needed to lay a, at this point, they were like, we need to lay a beach towel down. And then not pick it up. Right. Like if you're laying it down, clearly it's so to protect an area so that there is no evidence. But like then you just you left somebody in your upstairs bathroom. I think you can soil your rug. <sighs> anyway. Okay. The logic. Yep. Mm-hmm. So in September of 2006, after two hours of deliberation, a jury in the great state of Tennessee found Martha Freeman and Rahael de Jesus Rocha Perez, a.k.a. Christian, guilty of first-degree murder, and both were sentenced to life in prison. Well, hallelujah. So they both have filed appeals for various things, but they have been denied, and these two lovers will not be eligible for parole until 2064. Oh, well, shoot. So they are both serving out their life sentences in Tennessee prisons. Martha is currently 57 years old and Rahael is 51. I mean, they get 2067. 2064. They'll be like 100. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. Gonna be, they're, they're rotting there. <laughs> Just to wrap this up, this is the closet killer. Um, <laughs> By the way, the entire time, but good. The closet killer. He's in his closet. He's in the closet. From the moment you. The closet killer. (laughs) Thanks for reminding people that listen to us what our podcast is called. Um, It is wild. And from the moment you talked about how he was living in the closet, blah, blah, blah. Clearly, this is going to be a murder. I was wondering how this was not the first episode. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking too. Like, like where have this, where have you been for a year? We Christian? clearly did not research Wild. well. <laughs> but it's nuts to me. And I feel like if you could just like put this episode into one nice little bow, it's like, okay. So we have Martha and her Mexican lover, who she gives a random nickname to. Mm-hmm. And he lives in her closet and they killed her husband and the Mexican lover had some, some rafters, which makes him look super suspect. And then they both blame each other while Martha is basically testifying against herself at Mexican lover's trial and just spills the murder tea all over the place. And he is the closet killer. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's wild. That is nutty. Where did you find this? Was This wasn't a suggestion. No, this wasn't a suggestion. I literally searched closet, closet crimes. <laughs> but and like a while ago, there's a snapped. Yes, you said you yeah, were watching a snap for this. Yeah, and there's a snapped too. And so oh, I'm going to have to check that out. That's hilarious, first of all, that this didn't come up. Because I'm pretty sure that I, like, Googled, but it, I don't know. I've gotten better at researching and looking for cases. But that's funny that this is just showing up a year later. <laughs> I can't. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is the best. This is the best episode ever. And I also ever. apologize to anyone if I am saying his name incorrectly. I'm pretty sure it is spelled or, or pronounced Rahael. But I apologize if it's not. So. Oh my gosh. 
Well, just call him Christian. It's fine. <laughs> yes, apparently Martha did. <laughs> I mean, he, he he answered to it. No, I don't know that he did. This poor man. Like, when when they were putting him in the police car after they found him in the rafters, she's like, that's the man who killed my husband. And he just looks at her blankly. Because he's like, I don't know what she said. <laughs> I don't speak but English. He was studying English. So sad. I don't know. I don't know that he was studying English. I think he had his little handheld translating device. He was just like a bricklayer living his life. I don't know. Oh my gosh. I thought there was a little translator book in the closet. That's why I said it was like a handheld device that, like, I don't know how it works in like 2005, but like, like, I guess she would say something in English and then it would translate it in Spanish. It's called, him. hey, I don't want to say her name because she might answer. Siri. <laughs> they did not have her Alexa. <laughs> but her. I'm just saying, like, that's probably what it is. It's like, hey, Siri, yeah. what does blah, 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 blah mean? Say, and she you just killed my husband. <laughs> right. She'll just translate it for you. Same thing. Except I don't know how the little thing worked back then. <laughs> Why? Anyways, oh my gosh! Oh my! No kidding! That was fantastic. I mean, sorry for Jeff. the deceased. Yes. <laughs> he he really did seem like such a nice man and such yes. a devoted husband who was really stand trying. up guy. Yes, yes, right. Yes, wanted his marriage to work. Yes, like yeah, didn't even care that she was like living with this guy in the hotel. Well, not that he didn't care, but right. he was willing to look past it yes. and move on and. Poor Jeff. Yes. But always the nice guys. This story was 100% fantastic, in <laughs> my opinion. <laughs> well done, Beth. Well done. I think that's where we end this podcast. Thank you, everyone. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Happy late April Fool's. <laughs> Dang it. That's what it should have been. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, thanks so much. That was awesome. That was a good one. Um, I think that's like, not, I enjoy them all, but that's, I think, for sure, like one of my favorite, most favorite ones. <laughs> I'm going to post a picture, by the way, of this closet that he lived in. So you can just yes, see. Yes, please. Yes. Please. <laughs> yes. That, w- that would be joyous for me to see. <laughs> little. Anyway. Really oh, little. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. Well, thanks guys for listening. We always appreciate it. Um, find us on all the social media, rate and review us. If you like what you hear, please, because we've been getting some lately and we just love hearing. Number one, we love hearing how you list- heard f- of us. Number two, we love hearing that you like us. Number three, if you don't like something, let us know. So we may or may not change. Probably not, but be nice to know because sometimes somebody throws in a random one star and you're like well why just tell us anyway so thanks for listening keep listening we have another tagline for you guys we do and it's pretty good pretty good um so stay tuned for that and i think that's it and keep sending those in too Yes, yeah, send some more in because this is the last one. We haven't done one in a couple weeks and this is the last one that we have. So send them, please, because they're so fun. And always remember, the world is scary. Oh, I didn't mention, sorry, I've already started the tagline and I'm stopping myself. It's Laura. 
It is. It's my sister. The tagline is Laura. <laughs> How did I forget? It's fine. She I says it. That. It's okay. <laughs> yes, I know. But still, thank you for sending it in, Laura. So be like Laura. Send in some more. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet. Hey, this is Lara coming at you from my closet in West Virginia. And on a side note, I totally am in my closet because I wanted to be authentic. But anyway, always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.